Recently, Reader's Digest uh, had a wacky warning label contest. One of the uh, wacky warning labels that they recognized was for a five-inch fishing lure that had three steel hooks on it, and the label warning said, harmful if swallowed. (laughs) Hopefully the fish can't read, you know. But this is the one that won the grand prize. It was a bottle of drain cleaner which contains this warning, and I quote, If you do not understand or cannot read all instructions, cautions, and warnings, do not use this product. (laughs) Now, if you can't read the stuff, how's that going to help you, huh? I mean, I don't get it. These examples aside, I want us to get very serious for just a few moments this morning because we live in a very dangerous world. We live in a world where... Problems can come from all sides. We can bring problems upon ourselves by making bad choices. But sometimes we just find ourselves in difficult situations that were uh, none of our own making. Our world really does need warning labels because we live in a dangerous world. Our world has never been more dangerous than it is today. and, And so I want you to... Turn with me in your Bibles to our scripture today, John, the ninth chapter, starting with verse 1. And we see, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life as long as it is day. We must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. What a wonderful story of a man that was blind and Jesus helped him to see. As we're going through our message today, I want you to keep in the back of your mind what Jesus said. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world and what that means for you each and every day. The I is emphatic. He is the light of the world. Light for every man woman and child, light for every room in your house, no matter how bright or how dark that room may seem. And I have a question for you as we get started this morning. Where is the darkness in your life today? If, if, if you're going to be really, really honest, I mean, I mean, draw down to that place that maybe you don't want anybody else to know about. But where is the darkness in your life today? Is there a past guilt that you can't seem to get past? Or is there a fear of what may happen in the future that haunts you? What is the darkness in your life today? Do you or someone you know have eyes that need healing today? Do you need... Jesus' healing touch 
for that place that is so worrisome to you today? Well, here's what we do. Number one, know that God knows. Know that God knows. You know, sometimes I think we try to hide things from God. How how ridiculous is that? God knows. He knows everything about us. He knows. And, And the greatest thing that we can do is acknowledge our truth to Him. Maybe you're struggling with some secret sin. He knows. Maybe you're mad at God because of something that happens. Guess what? He knows. And the very best thing is for you to acknowledge that. Acknowledge that to Him. Know that He knows. The Greek word here that says He saw is is to gaze or to look intently. Now, now I want you to picture this. I'm always trying to picture the scene uh, of the biblical stories that we look at. Big crowd, Jesus is walking along, lots of commotion, lots of noise, lots of stuff going on. And here's a guy sitting over here and he's blind. And Jesus is walking along and all of a sudden he stops. And he looks. And he gazes. He looks intently at the man. You see, Jesus really sees him. Not, not just on the surface, and certainly not the way that the Pharisees saw him, or the Sadducees saw him, or, or anybody else in that culture saw him. Jesus saw him in a completely different way. And that's something you need to understand this morning, too. Jesus sees you different than anybody else. There may be some people that judge you because you've made some bad decisions. There may be some people that don't understand why you do the things you do. There may be some people that... that, that that just don't get it. Jesus sees you. And He understands you. He gets you. He may not always agree with you. I'm Surely He doesn't because you're a sinner just like me. But He knows you. He gets you. He understands you. He loves you. Know that God knows. Whatever your situation, He knows it. Not Not in part, but in full. Not kind of, but completely. He knows. He knows. Number two, know that some things are just a mystery. (laughs) Some things are just a mystery. Do you know people that have to understand everything all the time? I do. Because I'm one of them sometimes. And I'm not happy unless I understand. And it just drives me nuts to try to figure out things sometimes. But we need to understand that some things are just a mystery. Some things we're never going to quite understand. The disciples relate to the man not with compassion but with curiosity. Notice they say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The rabbis taught the same thing. Rabbi Amim Uh, taught back in the day, and I quote, There is no death without sin, and there is no suffering without iniquity. In other words, hey, you brought it on yourself. You brought it on yourself. The Pharisees said to the man later on in the same chapter, in chapter 34, they said, You were steeped in sin at birth. You hear what they were saying? Even after he was healed... They were blaming him for his sin. Hindus believe 
that present suffering is punishment for previous wrongs. Buddhists teach that all suffering is due to wrong desire. Muslims believe that the pain we experience in this world is part of Allah's will for our lives. Christians know that much of life's pain is the result of our own bad choices. We know that. We've seen marriages end because of adultery. We've seen drug users contract AIDS. We've seen alcoholics die of cirrhosis of the liver. Yes, sometimes there are consequences for bad actions. We all know that that's true. And so it's easy to think that all suffering is our fault and it's God's punishment. But Jesus says that's just not true. That is just not so. Jesus disagrees. Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. A better translation of that would be something like this. This happened with the result that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Yes, some suffering is the result of sin. And if that's the case for you, i got good news for you. This morning, this very hour, Jesus invites you to come back to Him to repent of your sin, which means to turn around and walk a different direction. And He welcomes you with open arms, and He wants to forgive you. That's what He wants more than anything else today, if you're mired in sin. But much of our world's grief and pain is not the result of anyone's sin. Or failure. Remember Job's plight? Think about all of those uh, helpless victims of the floods in Louisiana that are suffering today. Remember Jesus' crucifixion. And we all know that Jesus did no wrong. To attribute all suffering to sin often increases the suffering of the one that is suffering. Or increases the suffering of the one that is innocent. I want to tell you a story real quick. When I was a chaplain at Baylor Medical Center several years ago, there was a preacher of a different denomination that we had to bar from the hospital. And the reason we had to bar him from the hospital was he would sneak into the hospital and he would sneak into rooms like he was a chaplain at the hospital. And he would start talking to people and he would tell people, if you pray with faith, your loved one will be healed. Hey, you know what? God heals people sometimes, doesn't he? And we pray that God will heal, right? That's a good thing. But then he would tell them, honey, you know, your husband would be healed if you just had more faith. What's the sin in your life? And you see what he would do? He would put the guilt of that woman's husband's illness onto her. Because if she just had more faith, he would be healed. Yeah, well, we didn't put up with that very long, okay? We, <laughs> we, we barred him from the hospital. Why did we do that? Because he was not helping. He was increasing her pain by blaming her for something that no one was to blame. 
I mean, if you want to draw it back to the very beginning, yes, we know why there's sin in this world. We know why there's illness in this world. We know why there's death in this world. Because sin came into this perfect world that God had created through Adam and Eve's sin. We know that. But why does that, why does some of that illness or sickness or pain or suffering land on one person and it doesn't land on another person? We don't know. That's a mystery. We don't understand that. And so you need to understand, know that some things are just a mystery. But how do we bring this together? Well, we bring it together by saying, bring your pain to the Father. Bring your pain to God. So bring your hurting eyes to your Father. However you've been blinded, do not allow your grief or your guilt to keep you from Him. Now think about this, guys, because I've heard people, I've heard this all of my life. As long as I've been a minister, I've heard this. When I get things together, I'll come back to God. When I get my life together, I'll come back to God. Well, you know what? We don't need a doctor when we're healthy. We need a doctor when we're most sick. We don't need, we don't wait to bathe until we're clean. <laughs> we bathe when we're dirty. We don't avoid the kitchen while we're hungry. No, we go to the kitchen when we're hungry. And if you're hurting today, and you need God's touch today, don't say to yourself, well, you know what, I'll just wait till I get myself a little more presentable. No. No. You come to Him today. Bring your pain to the Father today. Bring your pain to the Father today. And why? Number one, because He cares. He cares more about you than you know. He cares more than you can imagine. Jesus healed this guy on the Sabbath. Oh, that was going to cause a big ruckus. Jesus didn't care. Jesus touched the man. Back in those days, if you touched a, quote, sinner, and this guy was a sinner or he wouldn't have been blind, that was going to cause a ruckus. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care about breaking the Sabbath. He didn't care about touching the man. What did he care about? He cared about healing the man. So Jesus didn't care about that other stuff. He just cared about the man. Jesus cares about you, too. Number one, he cares. Number two, he understands. Same as he knows, but he understands. He understands. Number three, you know, he gives the very best advice. He gives the very best advice. Jesus' advice may seem foolish. Let me see. What are some of those things? Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Turn the other cheek. If a man asks you to walk with him a ways, walk with him twice that or seven times that. If somebody asks you to forgive them, don't forgive them once. Forgive them seven times seven. Man, some of that stuff just doesn't make sense. That just doesn't make sense. Unless you're the one that needs forgiveness. Unless you're the one that's sick. Unless you're the one that's hurting. And if you're that person, it makes sense. Because if Jesus had said, okay, I'm going to forgive you seven times seven and then we're done. What shape would you be in today? Not very good shape. And so, 
He understands. He gives the best advice. Uh, why come to Jesus? Because He can help. Because He can help. You know what? Have you ever been in a situation where you really wanted to help and you were just helpless? Yeah. I mean, I can do a lot as an individual, but I still uh, have very, very uh, limited resources personally, professionally, you know, monetarily. There's all kinds of limits on what I can do. There are limits on what you can do. There are no limits on what God can do. No limits on what He can do. I used to do a lot of weddings and and uh, this older couple, they, it was a second marriage for both of them, and they, they wanted to write their own vows. I was a little leery of that. You know, I was thinking, what are they going to say, right? And this guy said something that I've later seen on on, you know, plaques and things like that. But part of his vows to her was, I cannot promise you I will love you for the rest of your life. But I can promise you I will love you for the rest of mine. And I thought about that a moment and I thought, wow. And you see, what he was saying was, I can't promise that I'm going to be around to love you for the rest of your life. I don't know. God may call me home first, but I can promise you that I will love you for the rest of my life. He was making a promise he could keep. And you see, that, that, that speaks to our limitations as human beings. We may want to do something and, and we just may not be able to do it. But God can do all things. Amen? He can do all things. And so understand, come to Him because He cares, because He understands, because He gives the best advice, and because He can help. He can really help more than anybody else in this world. Number, uh, number five, because He'll never leave you astray. And, and you know, this is a matter of faith. This is a matter of faith. If we really believe that God will not lead us astray, we will come to Him. If we have our doubts, eh, we may not. It's a matter of faith to believe that God will never, ever lead you astray. Bottom line, the only plight worse than being blind is to fail to admit it. And I want to ask you today, where is that dark place in your life? Where is that place where you've tried and you're not big enough? Maybe you've looked for other resources and they can't help you. And God is the only one that can come into that place, that dark place in your life, and give, give you light in that darkness. He's the only one that can open those eyes. You know, light is really, really important. I, my mother is going through a very difficult time right now. She's healthy except for her eyes. And her eyes are very, very sensitive to light. Last night, I got in and we were eating dinner. And she has lights that are so, so dim that it's hard for me to see anyway. My, my, my thing's the other thing. I like bright lights so I can see. And she looked at me and she said, Do you mind if we turn off the lights? It's hurting my eyes. And so we basically ate dinner last night in the dark. 
so that it wouldn't hurt her eyes. I want you to know I had a real hard time just stabbing my food, okay? Because it was so dark. And I thought to myself, how appropriate that I'm preaching today on Jesus is the light of the world. We need the light, amen? We don't need to stumble around in the darkness. We need the light. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And He can illuminate any darkness in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You so much that You love us, that You care about us, that You want to bring light into every dark corner of our lives.